Alaska's newsmakers. Action Line KINY. And good morning. You are listening to Action Line on KINY. I am your host, Jordan Lewis, and joining me from the Juneau Police Department today, I have Lieutenant Scott Erickson. Lieutenant, how are you doing today? Good. How are you? You know, I'm pretty good. I was dealing with that uh, that first snow and ice of the season this morning. Getting out of here, I had to leave about 4.20 from my apartment just so I had enough time to get all the ice off my car. Yeah. Yep. It's uh, that time of year again with all that snow. Leaving early is definitely a good thing. Oh, yeah. I don't even think I got even all of it off. I'm pretty sure there's still some on there because I also have the inconvenience of I like my car's parked with you know, some power lines. So then you have all the water drip down and then refreeze on top of that. Oh, not so, fun. No, it is never fun. No. Now, there are a couple of things I want to talk to you about. The first one is, I would argue, be a bit more pressing because it was quite recent. There was the incident at Thunder Mountain High School yesterday about 1240. And so do you want to talk to me a little bit about that? Because I know we put out, the you guys put out the release about it, but I want to make sure that we have that more of that dialogue about it. Sure. So yesterday we got a report from the Thunder Mountain School that there was a, a student on school grounds with what appeared to be a firearm. Um, we ended up investigating that, found out that it wasn't an actual firearm, but a, a replica, um, very realistic looking replica. This, the school district took care of the disciplinary aspects. Um, my school resource officers um, got involved and started to look at the case a little bit more closely to see if there's any other depth to the activities of that student, um, whether or not they were there for a purpose or it was just a, oh, I forgot that I had it in my bag kind of thing. Um, we're still looking into all of those little pieces and details to make sure that we uh, look at that, but we take those things extraordinarily serious, uh, especially in today's world. We don't want to have one of those incidents if we can at all avoid it. So. Um, we get involved. Um, we have a behavioral threat assessment uh, team now within the school district, and so we try to evaluate those situations and look at the students to find ways to, to manage behaviors, help them in cases where they might have problems, um, work on different solutions to hopefully make everybody safe, um, including the assailants in those situations as well as anybody else. Um, that student, I think, uh, had some issues, obviously, that he's going to have to address through the school system because um, you can't really behave like that in a school setting. Um, and then we're working on whether or not there'll be any um, ramifications beyond that, criminally uh, speaking. But uh, at this point, I don't think there is that I'm aware of or have been told as of this morning. Um, but, uh, yeah, we got our folks out there looked at it and are still working it. We will probably discuss it at our next team meeting, which is tomorrow um, with the school district to make sure that we are, you know, looking at this in the best, uh, best way possible. Gotcha. And I, and I, and I very much appreciate, you know, that, that everyone taking it as a very serious issue, you know, as someone who grew up, you know, always having, you know, having those drills in school, you know, for me, that is something I've always had. And so to me, that feels like a second nature conversation to have, but it's interesting because I was comp uh, talking with one of my co my coworkers, and you know she was like, I don't understand what's going on. Why do these things happen? You know, it wasn't like that before, and it, it always raises that sort of interesting thought of what, why do these things seem to happen nowadays? I mean, I know that's a bit more of a conjecture question, but it would be interesting to get your thoughts on that. I think a lot of it um, overall. Um, I study a lot of the statistics on violence. Violence seems to be more prolific now 
although I think it's because we have access to more media, things get passed through much more quickly than when I was a kid. If you heard something uh, across the world, it took a week to get to Juno before you knew anything had happened. But now things happen much more quickly. And so when it's reported, you think there's a higher, higher frequency. Um, it is actually, statistically speaking, very safe to be in school. However, we are all in that model that, uh-oh, something bad could happen here. Um, the goal, ultimately, with those events is, is to make prevention a reality and um, try to work through, because somebody saw something, somebody hears something, oftentimes we don't get it reported so we can intercede with those events um, to try and stop them from happening in the future because the after effects, the drills that you talked about in school aren't always really greatly effective. Sure, they provide safety, but you're reacting after the event happened and it's much harder to process that. Our goal, especially in Juno with our behavioral threat assessment teams and stuff is to hopefully intercede before the event happens. That way we can make sure that everybody is safe and much safer. Um, oftentimes it's very hard, but that violence um, we're finding, um, we can, if we're all willing to communicate, we can make upstanders out of people instead of bystanders. When Dylan Claybold and Eric Harris did their event uh, in 99, there were a lot of people that saw the behavioral patterns leading up to that. Um, and they ignored the behaviors. They just completely ignored them. Um, and maybe if somebody had been able to intercede, they might have been able to change that. Because of Dylan Clable and Eric Harris, you had the experience in school where you had to react, hide under a desk, lock the school doors, go to another location, uh, run hide fight drills, all of the things that are uh, reactive in nature versus being responsive to the event and maybe working with a student and trying to change that behavior in the long run. Gotcha. So I think a, a good way to sort of summarize that is shifting toward a active prevention approach versus a reactive approach. 100%. It's a lot safer for everybody. And I mean, arguably, Jordan, you probably have some uh, uh, trauma, if you will, related to those events. You know, a fire drill, you, you get that, oh my gosh, what's that really like? And when you're doing they used to call them active shooter drills and we would do all of those things that creates that uh, underlying trauma if you will for some folks so um, it's better to work on hey how can we work through this process talk through and hopefully save more lives versus make it worse to your question um, yeah it's more frequent or it seems more frequent but i think that's also because of the fact that uh, you're getting news like right off the you know it, stuff is happening not in a vacuum it comes right now immediate yeah, and, I, and i definitely agree with you on that front you know that's reason why you know when i what i'm able to i always advocate for you know having a more balanced uh, consumption of media where i'm like you need to also take a break from the news sometimes because i mean the big thing that i work on here within you know my news department is very much you know mental health making sure that my reporter and I, we don't get overworked that we don't overdo it on ourselves because we have to read all these things every day and yep. then re-condense that and convey that to others and so we are trying our best to process a lot of that information so that we can then give that to the public and make sure that they don't get overwhelmed by it but we have to take that on our, ourselves and so that's why i think it's important that yes because even though news is equal is immediately accessible 
you shouldn't always go for it because it's a lot of, um, I'm trying to think of the word I'm looking for. When you're actively looking for that kind of thing, you're going to keep finding it and it's going to start weighing right. on you a lot. Yeah. And you want to be trauma informed is what you're describing so that I know, hey, if I'm reading this news article about all these bad things that happened, I am vicariously ingesting a, a, an amount of that trauma, which isn't always really great for our mental health. Um, you know, however you watch the TV, there's lots of crazy stuff on TV anymore. So, uh, but <clears throat> yeah, the the goal I think is you're onto something there, keeping that mental health in check when you're having to deal with all that. Because our world does sometimes get painted in a very negative light, and we should be shining our light as much as we can on some of the positive aspects of our world versus a lot of the stuff that you guys end up stuck with. So having that balance is definitely key. Yeah, and that's why I like having some of those more lighthearted stories where it's like, oh, look, we raised all this money for some folks that need help, or look at these cute animals or things. Because right. <laughs> you need to have those sort of balancing moments. 100%. Now, there are some more topics I do want to hit, but we actually are about out of time in this first half, so we're going to go into a break, and when we come back, I'll, ask, I'll have some more questions for you. Perfect. You are listening to Action Line on KINY. And we are back with more Action Line on KNY. Joining me still, I have Lieutenant Scott Erickson with the Juno Police Department. Now, during the last half of the show, we talked a lot about the incident that occurred over at Thunder Mountain High School yesterday. But I want to kind of move on to another topic. And the first one is, obviously, we do have a new police chief that's coming. And he starts in February. Is that correct? February 1st. This is going to be his first day. Okay. And I imagine we probably will learn more about him as it gets closer to him being here. Yeah, uh, they when he came up uh, for the testing process, him and uh, Lieutenant Craig Campbell, who uh, both competed for the chief's position, uh, spent some time at the city assembly, spent some time at the police department talking, uh, interviewing people, uh, talking about their jobs. I believe if you look up Mr. Uh, Boss, I think is how you say his name, you can learn about his uh, where he works, what he's done, some of the things about his life. Because um, I think he's uh, competed for other jobs in the state um, as well as Juno. So you can learn about him there. Um, I didn't actually get to spend any real quality time with him, so I didn't really get to know him greatly. I'm certain I will moving forward because he will likely be my new boss. And uh, I'm certain I'll have him in here at some point because I've oh, had the I'm chief sure. on before. Oh, yeah. No, uh, uh, the, yeah, the chief Mercer was pretty regular. Chief Johnson before him. So, yeah, the Chiefs, will, I'm sure he'll be in here. And likely, uh, hopefully, he'll want to come in and meet with everybody and, and give a little presentation on who he is and what he's about and hopefully what his vision is going to be. Yeah, because that'll be the best way for him to get a better sense of the public. Because, I mean, we do, we don't even, you have to remember, we don't broadcast just within Juno, it's all of Southeast. So, he'll definitely get that public exposure there. Yep. Absolutely, and because uh, lots of people, like you said, from Southeast come to Juneau, it'll be good for him to uh, get it out there because I'm certain he's, well, he might be able to go to Huna or some of the other places and visit, but um, maybe not. So. Yeah. Well, moving on from there, in a, a very important thing, which also happens to circle back to how we opened the show today, it is winter, so there are going to be those winter safety tips from everybody. So what are the what are the JPD winter safety tips now that we've properly got snow and ice out there <laughs> yeah our first snow is hit uh well and you brought one up very valid one plan early make sure you plan your day get 
out early. Don't try to uh, rush out of your house like you would maybe in the summer. Make sure your car is clear all the way around. Um, get the snow off. Um, I've had it happen to me where I failed to get the snow off the top of the car, and when I stopped, the snow <laughs> over the windshield, and then the wipers don't clear it because that's a lot of snow. So you want to make sure you get all those things off. Drive slow. If you have studded tires and you want to do that, certainly put those on. But making sure that you have uh, a safe distance between you and the car in front of you. I also advocate for people to make sure you have a small uh, safety kit in your car with flares or some sort of lighting mechanism to let uh, other drivers know if you become disabled or you have an accident. Um, throughout the winter, we'll all see the variety of cars that slide into the median. Um, not always the safest place to be. Um, make sure you maybe even throw in a traffic vest or some high visibility clothing that when you get out of your car, people can see you from a distance that keeps you safe. Uh, reflective stuff is extremely important. And then if you're stuck for an extended period of time, making sure that you have, um, you know, warm clothing. Don't run out of your house in your shorts and your t-shirt and be like, oh, yeah, I'm going to be safe because if you get stuck on the side of the road, that could be uh, not healthy. Yeah. And, and those are some of those, I always want to say some of those feel like common sense, but the fact that we have to have that conversation implies it already has been a problem once or twice before. And so that's, that's why I wanted to have that conversation. It's always a very important reminder. Oh, yeah, valid, valid. Common sense isn't always common. I mean, even for me, I know I'm uh, <laughs> not very common sometimes, and I get, forget the sense. Oh, yeah. And I mean, I can forget sometimes, too, especially because, you know, the way, that I, the way that I'm built, I don't really notice uh, when it gets cold very easily. I'm like, I'm warm majority of the time. Right. Until I'm like, I think the only time I ever noticed it was I was doing, a, I was camping out on a glacier one time. And I was like, yeah, now I notice it's cold. Right. But beyond that, I'm always like, yeah, it's okay. Nothing seems drastic. And so it's like, yeah, make sure you take the time to be prepared before you leave. Now, I do also want to check in on a topic that I'm sure everyone is aware of, which is recruitment. Oh, yes. Yeah, our recruitment is an ongoing, ever-evolving process. This uh, um, past year, we um, have tried to increase our recruiting, working with the company to help uh, get Juno out. And about one of the problems we have with recruiting is we will get applicants to come to Juno. And it's an extraordinarily beautiful place, as we're both aware. Um, and they like being uh, being here. Uh, sometimes they forget that their spouse might not like being here, and so we end up losing people that way. Um, we're actively recruiting. We're actually um, uh, keeping people. Um, we probably got I don't know about ten, um, but we're down about fourteen positions, and not everybody makes it through the process. So, if you have an interest, or you know somebody that has an interest in being uh, working in the police department, we have lots of jobs. From community service officer, dispatcher, all kinds of different uh, jobs uh, that are available. Police officers are a big one right now. Um, we want to get more people out there. Um, we want a variety of people because that helps connect to the diversity um, in the public um, that we have because we serve a very diverse group of people. Um, we mentioned other groups in southeast Alaska, so all of our different cultures that come to Juneau we want to be able to have people from uh, all walks of life that can connect with others. Um, so it's important. Um, you can go to joinjpd.com. Uh, there's a web page there. I think they have some videos that show how cool Juno looks and 
uh, how cool our folks look, and it's kind of a neat website. I I try not to go there because apparently they track our clicks, <laughs> and so uh, we make sure we don't click on it a lot. But it's a really great place to kind of learn a lot more. You can also go to Juno.org, uh, the Juno City webpage. Go to Human Resources in the Employment section, and that's a good place to go to find jobs as well. Gosh, I was going to say, yeah, I I know there's always the, the push for recruitment. Every time JPD comes in here, you guys try to recruit me, and I have to be like, no, I have a job. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yep. And in all honesty, I did when I walked in. I was like, hey, are you looking to switch careers? Uh, we're always doing that. You'll probably run into all the officers. I think it's kind of our just our, our bit now, as it were, because everybody's competing for it, I think. Nationally, there's been a lot of uh, frustration, I think, with law enforcement. And because of the, the issues there, I think there's a lot of people that don't um, feel like it's a very positive thing. But the only way we can make that change is by getting more people involved that are willing to kind of grow and change and show that there are people that care. There are always bad people. There's probably bad journalists, just like there's bad police officers. Um, but Overall, most of our groups have good, solid hearts and care very much about our communities that we serve. And the more people that can be involved, the better off it's going to be. The variety is definitely key. So, Oh, definitely. And that's why I also feel like, you know, the fact that, you know, the department and I can have these conversations on an almost monthly basis is very important because that's very good for showing, hey, you know, we're just people that you can talk to. Yep. That we're just doing our thing. And then it also adds that level of transparency. Where it's like, look, we're talking about what are some of the concerns that are going on right now in a very open way that everyone can listen to and observe. And I think that's also a very important step. Yep. Oh, yeah. No, and it's, yeah, it's it's really good to have those conversations because the dialogue is key. Everybody comes at things with their own perspectives and form their own context. And it's good to recognize that uh, I often look at it like a prism light it's the same light that shines through but it refracts in different ways and that's why it's important for all of us to come together and and kind of work together to a, a common end i suppose oh definitely and on that we are out of time but lieutenant erickson thank you very much for coming in i did appreciate talking with you and uh thanks for coming on thank you jordan have a good day all righty you've been listening to action line on kiny Action Line. Weekday mornings. Action Line. If it happens in Southeast, you'll hear it on Action Line. K-I-N-Y.